intrusive situation or immediately having to be in a lot of anxiety about violence or anything which would cause an immediate contraction. If you weren't there, there must have been a sense of buoyancy and openness. And you could tell that sense of buoyancy and openness was available by body wonder and awe, yes, feeling of immediacy. When you were playing, you weren't worrying about would you be playing next week because you had no figure of time yet. Your mother could have been super obese and fat and you loved her no matter what. You had no real idea of ugliness and beauty. You weren't defined by a lot of the parameters that we grew into as soon as something started and the, the, the mind became identified with that product of the process, mental process. So there was a sense of you know, freedom in a lot of ways. And there was no narrator going, oh, I'm free today. You know? and because there was no narrator, first of all, and there was no freedom and, and bondage yet. All these opposites hadn't really coagulated the mind yet. The mind structure was being formed. You know, the mind was being, was con- was, it, was, it had a sense of being conscious, which is I am, yeah? And it had a, it was able to enjoy peace of mind. It was able to enjoy when it super flipped out, that would happen, but it would dissipate super quickly and they'd, they'd be happy again when the, the parents would have a story about their son flipping out, the kid had forgotten it as soon as it stopped flipping out. Yeah? All these immediacies, there was a way of traveling that was being expressed through you, through this. What happened? We seem to have outgrown that and we grew into something else. That thing we grew into is like that rabbit hole of selfing. So somewhere along the line, my head started to have what they call introspection. It started to think about itself. So thinking is part of a mental process, yeah? And it's actually it's a product of that mental process and it's defined by that mental process. In other words, you cannot think outside the box of the box the thinking came from. It's not happening. So that thinking stuff was already formed that it was looking for a you, in a sense. So when it started to think about you, the thinking about you started making up a sense of being a you that was being thought about. Yeah? It wasn't like the thinking was trying to discover you. The thinking about you, there was no you seemingly yet, but the thinking about the you was what made the sense of being a you up. The thinking is the, is the process or an aspect of the mental process, and what it does, it thinks about a you as you, and that's what happens. It's that thinking is the bonding agent where the mind, I mean the big mind, becomes identified with a product of a mental process called being a self. So the mind that can enjoy peace of mind, that mind, the mind that was in wonder and awe, because that's the qualities of it, wonder and awe, the mind that was big, 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 wasn't defined by dualistic constraints, that mind is still available right now. What occurs is that mind it became identified with a mental process, a deep mental groove that makes up a feeling of being a self. 
a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So it's like a thought wrapped with a feeling. Yeah. So a thought gets delivered, that, and now you start having introspection about it. You start thinking about you. Now, I don't know about you, but the you I had was very vague and very full of holes when I was a kid. But there was a sense of foreboding badness. Somehow I was, there was like a guilt and shame in that you as one of its precursors or one of its main, like the, the chemical mix before it's set up, you know? Like the, the, the chemical mix as it was moving and moving was a sense of guilt or shame. Something was wrong with this me that was coming into view. Yeah. And then all the thoughts started coagulating that and it started taking on like almost like a holographic image because your mind works in metaphors, so it works in pictures. So there was a sense of the you using this as its basic frame yeah, form. So now the thinking was about a you and that you became what the big mind was identified as. Because the big mind saw the activity of this mental groove and sort of fell into belief of what it was presenting, which is, a you is this, yeah? This, and this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And as soon as, and this mind, the big mind, can entertain unbelievable things like being at peace and freedom and all this stuff. It, it, like in AA it says, you'll comprehend the world of serenity and you will know peace. That's what, that's the mind that comprehends serenity and knows peace. Yeah. The mental groove of selfing makes up an, a concept of what peace would look like and serenity would feel like and look like if you had it, like a product. But this mind, the big mind, that childlike mind, can comprehend serenity and no peace. Yeah. Quite easily. So here's this mind that can entertain what we call incredible uh, unreachable goals like constant peace and all like this, this mind can entertain it in the drop of a hat. But now this mind is entertaining a product of one mental process, and that product is making a feeling of being a self. Yeah? It's a verb, it's called selfing, but that verbing makes up a feeling of being a noun. So part of the mental process seems to rise above the mental process and says, now I'm thinking and even when you learn in recovery that there's seemingly a self that's defeated you, I'm thinking about that self now. No, it's all the thinking from the point that uh, there's an I am, that's the selfing. This does not have the disease of alcoholism. This, this idea of being a you, is the disease of alcoholism. So here's the mental process. So here's this big mind, able to entertain exactly that, anything and everything, yeah? possibilities. It's like the mind is like the sky without a cloud in it, just wide open, large. You give it a name, but it isn't that isn't its nature. Its nature is just fathomless. And yet everything can appear in it. So this head becomes identified with the product of this mental process. Yeah? And it gets so all of this ability to entertain gets put into this box of self-centeredness. When it enters that box of self-centeredness, part of that box, it defines how much and what you can entertain. So all you're entertaining is now, based on a you, the presentation of the mental process as a self, that you are going to entertain, and that severely limits your ability to entertain. 
Because now you're entertaining everything as that. And everything entertained as that gets limited by that. So your ideas, all your own beliefs, all the conditioning that this mind is, has, gets now defines your ability to entertain and severely cripples it. Severely cripples it. And so now, you're still entertaining, but you're entertaining as the, as the product of this process, a self, which severely limits your entertaining. So now you can't entertain being okay, or having a sense of okay now. You can entertain that I will be okay later, based on the parameters of selfing, which is anything that happens that doesn't happen has to have something to do with me. It's got to be based on what I did or what I didn't do. So now, peace of mind is able to be enjoyed only if you're the doer of something to get it, to have it, and then to enjoy it. But peace of mind is the freedom from that whole process. That's peace of mind. It's, so here's the mind, just like when you're a kid. Goes into, oh, oh, let me entertain this. It entertains this mental process, and it sort of like looked too far into it and fell in. And when it arises again, it arises as a self. It's now identified as this mental process, the product of it. And it gets, now, it, now its abilities or its nature gets lost, and it now assumes the nature of what it's entertained which is this conditional mind. So now, it's entertaining itself as this, that can be vulnerable, get hurt, have sickness, is going to die, separation, private thoughts, private feelings, no one can understand me, I'm very terminally unique, there's only one like me, all like this. So the mind, its ability to entertain, is now enslaved to entertain the process of self-centeredness, which is driving your mind fucking crazy. Because that whole mental process is driven by doing and having and seeking, claiming. So it's a very busy, busy process. So you're not going to reach, like it says in this one Zen statement, you're not going to reach passivity by activity. It's trying to reach the passivity is, an act, is the activity that's driving you fucking crazy. Yeah? So you can't, self cannot get out of self. The a product of a mental process could never transcend the mental process. It's totally defined by the mental process it's a product of. It has a desire because there's mind there, and that mind has a desire to be free of this, but the way it can entertain being free of this is as that. So it can only entertain being free of self-centeredness as a self, which is binding back into the system. So self can never get out of the system it wants to escape from. Yeah? Because underneath it, it isn't self, it's just mind. And when mind sees it's not that, it, it can entertain what it truly is. It doesn't take much. All it has to do is stop entertaining it's what it's not, and then it starts entertaining what it is, which is empty, huge. Yes? It can enjoy peace of mind because the mind's at peace. It's a giant, giant space. Yeah. But here, with this identified as a product of that mental ex excitement, that agitation, that all of that mental activity is shown in the underlying drive of seeking constantly. You're constantly seeking relief for what you're not. It's a full-time job. That's why people can have such a terrible time on a Saturday. They're not being told what to do. Now it's on them to be happy. 
because God is everywhere. It's truly just the exclusion of a special somewhere that's God. Once you see that there is no special somewhere, immediately there'll be the seeing of that's everything. But as soon as as long as there's a special somewhere, everywhere for all intents and purposes for you will be as if it's not here. And of course you're looking for it, but you don't understand if you're looking for it from the point of view of self, the only God you will know is self's God, which isn't God. So in recovery it says, alright, turn my will and my love over to a God of its own of my own understanding, which I know why they did that in the beginning, I think. But now, why would I ever want to turn my will and my life over to a God of my understanding? Because there's that hugeness of God, and it's going to have to come through this very small frame of my ideas of God. And of course, it's, all of its power is going to become impotent to the power of self. Because self will now say, if God's appearing in my life, based on what I did or didn't do. And it will also say, God has disappeared from my life, based on what I did or didn't do. That's playing God. What is it that we need to do? Nothing. Just tell the truth about it. See the plain God. If you see the plain God, you're not seeing from it. That's it. If you're seeing from the plain, the, the plain God, you're looking for God like this. Everywhere. If you see it from, if you see it, right, from that, st- that space, that mind, that big mind, that's all you need to do. You've immediately activated the big mind. It's now came out of that little box of self-centeredness, and it's almost as if it turns and it sees its original face, like in Zen, which is, if you want to call it God, awareness, all there is is consciousness. But mind reflects the original face instead of reflecting the face, the fake face. Yeah? Now its absorption goes like this. And so what, the same thing, obsession with self, is the same energy called abiding in the truth. It's just where it's true. The mind, unfettered by self, is abiding in the truth. The mind, fettered by self, is now obsessed, is the obsession with self. It's the same energy. One seems like an obsessiveness because it goes into the system which is seeking and claiming and doing and having, which is a lot of activity. The other is incredible peace, because there's no movement, it's total stillness and silence. It reflects either. And then your life as here will reflect what that's reflecting. If your mind's reflecting selfing, there you go. If it's reflecting that, there you go. And you'll know the tree by the fruit. You'll know whatever is being reflected by the fruit in your life. And I don't mean getting great jobs in this and that, that can be by it, but the how you're traveling through everything that happens to you. There won't be anyone accounting and taking note, but you'll get a sense or the intimation of freedom as you're living. Not based on going somewhere and doing something and then having a sense of freedom, but a sense of freedom while you're doing or not doing anything. A sense. Not like I bought a quantity of freedom and it's on my mantle. No. A sense as you're traveling of being free. (coughs) Instead of it being all about me, it's all about free. The I, me, mind is totally, totally loses its emphasis, and it's all there is is that. So you can express here anything, whatever takes you over. 
So if you're taken over by selfing, you're going to have a, looking for a lot of solutions, aren't you? Because you need relief constantly. You need constant relief as you. You think you're getting it from you, but if you're getting it for you, and you're going to be enslaved to getting more and more for you. This is about having peace from you. Just recognizing I'm not that, and then it goes on. Then you start recognizing the selfing, you see its structure, its construction, its advertising, how it attempts to hook your attention back into that little box of mirrors, I, me, my, I, me, my, all that. And when you see that, that's, that's the immunity to going back in it. Then wonder and awe seems to come back. Things that were like childlike experiences become the norm again. Instead of having experiences of gratitude, your attitude is infused with gratitude. All of those spiritual things you try to get like baubles to have for your day become part and parcel of how you travel. Instead of trying to get clarity, they're seeing clearly. Clarity is not an object for you to get, to apply so you're more clear. Seeing clearly is a way of moving here. You're seeing clearly. How can you quantify it? How can you package it up? Oh, seeing clearly is clarity. Here's some clarity. Here's my book. No, seeing clearly is a verb. It's an activity of a mind unfettered by selfing. The mind has a total ability to see clearly. Because its surface is, is calm and peaceful and it reflects pretty clean. Yeah? It's when it's agitated by the activity of selfing, because it's identified as it, seeking, doing, seeking, doing, then it can live in a state of confusion. There's no enjoyment of peace of mind. If, there was, if the mind's ability wasn't to be a peace, you'd never be able to enjoy it. But there is peace of mind. You can enjoy it. Because you're trying to enjoy it as a self, which is a product of a mental process. That its inherent nature is not peaceful. It's seeking and striving and acting and thinking. Yes? On and on and on, constantly, like it's ravenous, looking for its next little thing. You can see it in spiritual seeking. You can see it in becoming a big businessman. You can see it in sports, this incredible drive to get more and more and more and more and more. There's no rest in it, in a way. What causes me to be consumed by that is when I'm identified as it. The idea of being the self. And I found there's no freedom from self as self. It's not going to happen. All you're going to do is get freedom wrapped in the concepts of that system, which is it's going to be a freedom based on conditions circumstances, and those conditions of circumstances are going to inevitably be based on you, which is playing God. So your head will play God with peace. It'll say, nope, you can't have it unless you do this, this, and this, and this, and that. And every step of the way, I'm going to critique you, and I can change the rules any moment. I can add the hours to your meditative practice. I can say, the next retreat has to be a month. You can't just do a week anymore. It's too little. You've got more time. You need more time to really get into this piece. And all this and all that. And there you go. On and on and on. Yes? Constantly seeking and striving for fucking what?
it's like in recovery, they say, put down the rock. This is exactly what it's like. You put down the rock. When you put down the rock, it's easily recognized as a rock, and there's no urge to pick it back up. When you have it, you think it's the greatest jewel of all. When you put it down, you see it as a rock, and you have no desire to pick it back up. But while you're seeing it as a jewel, you'll be very, your mind will be very confused. Should I put this down? If I put this down, <clears throat> what? It's got every, so many terrible things could happen to me. Yeah, put the fucking thing down, and let's see what happens. The terrible things are happening to you now. <laughs> Literally, you're worried about a terrible thing happening to you. This is it. <laughs> lack of peace, lack of love, lack of serenity. I say that's fucking pretty terrible. <laughs> no, but you don't understand. I got some incredible ideas of terrible. I know. That's the self. So I'll hold on to this terrible because it doesn't look like the ideas I have are terrible. But this is terrible. And any moment ignorant to the fact of what's going on is truly terrible in a sense. Because now you are, you're the prey or the victim of circumstances and situations interpreted by your head from selfing. Jesus Christ. Did you notice when you're having a good time how long your mind lets you enjoy it? Maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Then it starts wondering, do they know I'm a fraud? I don't deserve this. She'll find out soon enough. I better get as much as I can right now because she's going to call my friends and know he's insane, don't see him, or whatever. All this stuff. But the same head, the same head, if it feels bad, it goes, I'm good. This is a depression. <laughs> it's going to be like this forever. So it takes, yeah, here's this little interpretive theme. Good, minimize. Bad, elongate. Hmm. Want to live at, you want to live under that? Every day? Can you imagine... If your whole life was based on the weather and you had a crazy weatherman in your head and it was forecasting the weather you were going to have every day, get the storm, the storm clouds are coming, get those raincoats, it's sunny as hell, but you'd be wearing raincoats. You would not say, you would not acknowledge the sun and the beautiful because you'd be in the, in the, in the, the throes of that fear of it's going to rain. So maybe you're thinking there'll be a thunderstorm at five, so the whole day you're wearing heavy raincoats. You don't enjoy the nine hours of sun because you have this idea it's going to rain. That's why you can't enjoy peace of mind. How could you? How could you enjoy peace of mind with that head and selfie? It's seen as something that could come and go. You will not change that view. It can never relax in peace of mind because it doesn't see it as stable. It, see, it's, it sees it as based on what you did or didn't do. And that God that's playing God in your head is volatile. It's whimsical. It's not dependable. It can make an opinion like that. It can, it can sort of prop you up and then tear you down in a split second. How many days have you had that were ruined by three thoughts, let's say, at two in the afternoon? You went to the picnic, you had all the good things, and then your head just went, no one likes me here. There it is. A whole fucking day. I'm a nuisance. I'm a nuisance to everyone. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You were totally open to go any direction in this thing. The Pied Piper of the head. <laughs> and then you go walking off into a drudging death's destiny. <laughs> Jesus. We need immunity to that. But you can't have immunity to that by that, which is a self. You can't get immunity from the process, from the product of the process.
process. It's impossible. The whole product is infected with the process. So, you tell me, look at alcoholism and addiction. Can you see it on an x-ray? Is it located in the body? Is there a tumor? Oh, that's the alcoholism. Let's take that out. Yeah? It's not like cancer that's in the blood and in the bone and in the skin. It's in the mental process. It's infected. The process that produces a sense of being a self. It's rife with it. It's totally infected. It may have not reached its potential. It may not have acted out enough where it really comes out, but it's there. Yeah, the alcoholism. And its, and it's true mother, which is self-centeredness, is way there. We're just an extreme example of self-centeredness run wild, called alcoholism. But there is a mental groove in all, everyone here called self-centeredness, and most of us are become identified with a product of that called the self. And we're living a life interpreted from that very small system of thought and interpretation. It's like feeding a cracker to a ravenous elephant. Your mind has the ability to entertain things such as peace and serenity. And what it's entertaining is the, port, the newspaper boy missed my porch again. That's what it's entertaining all day. Are my pants too short? Does this haircut look good? Unbelievable. It's on this, It's like having a marathon runner putting him in a cellar with like a little four-by-four-foot track, and it's just running around the track. The same old, same old. Rehashing, representing the same old fucking same old. Oh, maybe one day I will be saved by the fairy princess of the knight in shining armor, though I've had seven of them already, but maybe the eighth one will finally work. Oh, and I'm just running, 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 entertaining ad nauseum, the same old, same old. When, when it's freed, that same mind can entertain the infinite possibility of space. It can never be satiated. It's, it's met, met its match. It, it's entertaining can be matched with what it's entertaining. And then that's the state you're in. It's just constant entertaining. That's the presence of an unfettered mind. Yeah, just entertaining. That same mind identified with the mental groove, that mental process of something, that gets jammed into a very small box of thought and interpretation, and it entertains everything about life based on selfing, which is separation, lack of love, better than differences. So we're just going over the, the same possibilities, a very small system, representing them every day, Representing life every day. What is a resentment but your refeeling? What does your head do every day? It just represents life, doesn't it? It tells you what happened. Let's go and think about what happened last week. And it thinks about it from 80 different angles, all selfing, all self centered point of views. What would have happened if I didn't do this? Yeah. It's always said, and it always gives you a feeling that it would be great if you didn't do that. Yeah? It makes it really juicy. And then do you notice that the things you always want, you don't have? It's incredible, isn't it? The things you really want, at that moment, you don't have. And then if you really looked at what you had, they were things you really wanted that you don't want now, or things you really wanted a couple months ago. But now that you have them, you don't really want them. You know how to see it? The system is wanting what you don't have. It doesn't get satiated by having what you want. It immediately makes that into, 
which is that sense of softness. No matter how many petals you touch, it's never going to translate into what your mind thinks it's saying because of the coarseness of the glove. But what would happen if you just took the glove off? You touched it, immediately it would match the scriptural you know, description. You would have, aha, so that's what they were talking about. Exactly. Close the book, that it did its job. Aha, I got it. Yes? But you can never get it with the glove on. No matter how many rose petals or how many retreats you do, you're never going to seem to get it because what's grabbing the supposedly the spiritual commerce is going to be a very coarse glove. It can't translate it. It can only translate it by its defined system. Take the glove off. That's what we're entertaining. Mind coming out of that conditionality of selfing can entertain the softness of that petal, can entertain the immediacy of this moment, can entertain that obviously this is all that's actually going on, can have an immunity to the mental experience of what's not happening. All of this will just become natural. As soon as the mind's unfettered by the selfing, it can expand into its natural size, and obviously it can tell what's not happening is what's not happening. Why? Because it's not happening. It's not hearing it, it's not tasting it, it's not touching it, it's not smelling it. Basically, it's not happening. It's just a mental experience. Brought to you by what? Thoughts. Why are you so beholden to that? Because you're identified as a thought. The product of the mental process is very partial to the mental process. It's its home. Yes? It doesn't care about now. It cares about there and then. Because there and then is brought to you by thought. Is there an airport in the future? Can you land there? Is there a travel agent? Hey, I want to get to the future uh, next week. Uh, is it, you've got a five-star hotel? There's no hotels there. There's no masseuse there. There's no future. It's a mental concept. In the past, you can't take a train back there. It's what? Not happening. Then why does it seem to be happening to you? Because the you is a mental a product of a process, and it loves to travel in the mental process. And it loves time, because in time, you can be a big or small self. And a really big self, by worrying constantly now about what's going to happen to you. As if you are all that matters to that mind. But if you see it, what's happening, what's not happening is happening now. It's a very small figment of what's going on. It's like one little, tiny little HO scale track of thought. In this giant mind of being able to entertain and being interfaced with this. Instead, all up into this porno theater. Paul's doing Dallas, Dallas is doing Paul. What's going to happen? Boop, 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 boop. And this, this obsession can override being conscious of what? What's happening? What solutions do you need about what's not happening? The simple recognition it's not happening is suffices. It's the greatest solution I ever found. You just see it's not happening. Bye-bye. It's effects will leave you like that. They're brought to you by a mental experience.
They're not brought to you by what's happening, obviously. Because what's happening is this. And this may be boring, or maybe this or that to you, but it's not a threat. There should be absolutely no anxiety as a natural response to this moment. So if there's anxiety going on, it's reacting to what? What's not happening? There's your master. That's the temple you're at. That's the altar you're praying to. And you're getting what a faith brings about given to the mental process. Anxiety. That's its fruits. That's the tree. And then what do you do with anxiety? Think, don't you? It just triggers more thinking. So you go home and think about it. What happens? You come out of the room with ten problems. It's like a, it's like an orgy. It's a spawning more and more problems the more you think about it. And the only way that you can figure things out is by thinking. Not realizing you're applying the problem to the problem. As the problem. For the problem. How can you get out of the effects of a system if you're you know, identified as a product of it? The effects are going to seem as real as you seem. You're identified as a product of the mental process that all the effects of that process is going to seem real to you because you seem real as that. You're going to try to get immunity and immunity, but they'll keep just erupting on your shores every day. More thoughts. <coughs> about what could possibly happen to me. <coughs> Like getting wiped out every fucking day by a, a mental wave that has no witness to it. So we'll fucking imagine. And you can put it off. Oh yeah, it'll get better after I go to retreat. And life's going to end as this apparatus. There's going to be a point where there's going to be a breath taken in, and there's not, and it's going to go out, and not another one's not coming in. And if you've been listening to your head interpret your life all this time totally consumed by it. Every moment is really the interpretation of the previous moment. You're on a time delay. I don't know if you know it or not. But your mind, there's conscious contact, this being alive, and the mind, the mental process reacts to that with an interpretation. The interpretation for most of us has superseded the conscious contact. We live by mental interpretation of what's happening here. But it's always a time delay. So, this moment is the interpretation of seemingly the last moment. The last moment wasn't consciously gotten, so it's been interpreted by this moment. Yeah? So the mental process is using this moment to interpret the last moment. What happens if there is a last moment and death occurred? You wouldn't even been conscious to it. You'll be waiting for the head to tell you you're dead. And that head went out when the body went out. <laughs> so, you missed the bus in a sense. The whole life you had been bitching about, and finally a bus came through, and you didn't get on. <laughs> I would have if I only knew, exactly. How, what else can you expect? If you're not here now, and you're, you're just in an interpretation of the last second, there is going to be an end to this little parlor trick. 
And in a sense, you're going to be caught with your proverbial pants down, in a way. There won't be another moment to interpret, oh, I should pick them up. It'll be guided by it. doesn't mean go out and climb a mountain if you want to do that. It's just been being present. And that's more than enough. Just to be conscious in a day gives you a sense of satisfaction. And I'll tell you, I remember when I first got in recovery, I had something was I started having strange feelings at times, and I thought it was like this giant metaphysical event, you know, a giant mystical event. All I needed was a baloney sandwich. All I needed was to eat something and everything changed. This thing is so out to lunch, you have no fucking idea what's going on. Really. You have absolutely none. If it could just pop out of the, the ass of self, your mind can start seeing blue as blue and red as red and start seeing the obvious. And it's truly obvious that what is happening as a mental experience is just a minor fragment of what's happened. Why devote all of your interest and attention to that? Why not let your interest and attention spread out? And you may find that interest and attention being spread out causes an immunity to when it's fixated on that mental expression. To constantly keep fixating on the mental experience to get some relief from that is insanity. Just diffuse it. And you'll see there are no big deals. You will lose interest in yourself and your little plans and designs. And you'll gain interest in others. All of these activities will start occurring to you when the mind gets unfettered by that idea of self. And that mind can reflect truly awareness. It can recognize its own nature. Because it's easily can, because it has the ability to identify with what it's not, it can definitely entertain what it is.